Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It's Friday night. It's Monday, not Friday night. The party's here on the west side. Yeah, not Friday. Monday. Oh, it's Monday. Totally Monday. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Uh, our run of uh, Friday no shows will continue this uh, week as uh, ECU wraps up the season against South Florida from Tampa. Never quite understood why South Florida is in Tampa and it's called South Florida, but whatevs. I had nothing to do with naming the school. Uh, ben Byram over uh, across the way. Hello, Ben. Hey, Ben. Got a little sun there, didn't you, sport? It was a big weekend. Good weekend. You got at the pool at this new bachelor pad? Is that what was going on? No, no, not quite. Not okay. quite. All right, a little fishing? No, 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 no fishing. Right. Now we've, we've entered the territory. None of your damn business. So that's <laughs> the territory we've no, entered. I was out in your uh, your hometown, Kinston, K-Town. K-Town. Were you a little, little wood ducks action? Nope, not wood ducks. Motocross. Motocross? Yeah. Where are they doing that? Uh, it's You know where the uh, the racetracks are out the in Kinston, The drag strip? Right? Yeah, it's it's near that area. It's not quite the drag strip, but okay. it's in that area. Totally lost. I have no idea where this is. But uh, if you had fun, <laughs> it's kind of out there. It's if you the had fun, path. that's all that I'm concerned about. Oh, it was great. Sounds good. How was your weekend? I know you were living it up. Well, I you know I Uh-oh. I have a t- well I, I have an issue where I don't say no to many things. Oh, and I said no to some things because I was just a little worn out after. I mean, in addition to, if you read that really sterling piece that the gentle giant of journalism, Daniel Shepard, did an interview for me back in August, and then where Ben trashed me, and then finally <laughs> they published it, unbeknownst to me, uh, in, and it was distributed throughout the greater Pitt County area, I was, um, I'm very big, I got a lot of things happening. And then, you know, on top of that, I, I had the good fortune to do all these extra games, which I'm not going to turn down that opportunity, obviously. But uh, I had some stuff last weekend. I, this past weekend, I just had to kind of say no to because I was needed to catch up on the day-to-day, as you know. Get my life together. I needed to, and I, I, but then I, I talked the wife into running down to the working man's beach for a little weekend jaunt. So, Stogie? Was, no, no. Ah, uh, come kept on. Kept it clean, kept it clean. Few too many suds on a Saturday, but other than that, it was it was fine. It was fine, and I mean, just you know, little tummy ache. That's all. Everything was good though. Ooh, I know. I I used to be I used to be able to go, Ben. But the older I get, uh, as Toby Keith sang, I ain't as good as I once was. Uh, it's great to have you with us here on this uh, Monday, and uh, we've got a, a shortened week of the show, but we've got the wrap up of uh, the ECU baseball season. Uh, we've got playoff hockey returning to North Carolina tonight. In fact, the Canes, for the first time since 06, will be opening games one and two of the Stanley Cup playoff series first round at home. Going to take on the Nashville Predators. Uh, we'll get Ben to maybe preview that matchup for us because I really don't know how to uh, – 
mean, I could read something off the screen, but, <laughs> you know, then I might stumble across a name I don't know and might not be able to cover it. But Ben will give us a quick primer of that coming up. Uh, we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with uh, Coach Cliff Godwin. Pirates take three of four at Cincinnati this weekend. Uh, back in the top ten, I believe in the top ten in RPI. Of course, I was reading this weekend where RPI is not going to have as huge a factor as it might, might traditionally have because obviously teams have not been able to play the non-conference games to build such RPI like they have uh, traditionally. Not saying that this means one thing or the other for ECU. So since we last saw you on Thursday, here's what's happened. Let's play a little catch-up, shall we? Uh, first of all, how about Friday afternoon, the Gov opened the floodgates. Woo! No masks anywhere? I mean, there are a few places here and there, but by and large, it's the wild, wild west again. Oh, it's some of our brethren in the sports media, particularly the triangle sports media, not happy. This means sports is back. They were big. Take away sports. They were big mad. A couple of them were. One in particular, big mad. I just want to be lazy and not cover sports. Take it away. It, it's They don't want to have to talk about sports on the sports format or write about it or cover it. They just want to be able to give their own opinion on their own Twitter. That's no, they really... want to talk about whatever reality show is coming on ABC on well, that, some of that too, some of that too. But uh, hey, things are back to normal. It appears, right? Things are back, and, and we're if you're fully vaccinated, you're good to go. Uh, I mean, I've had people, believe it or not, debate me about come at me, slide into my DMs on getting vaccinated. I, you know. If you don't want to get, I, I couldn't care less. Do what you want to do. If you do, there's plenty of options. Because here's the one thing I will say. Um, you know, I, I'm the, the last year from the standpoint of not having to be around a lot of people. Oh, I've loved it. It has been fabulous <laughs> for the last 14 months. It has been like Shangri-La in some respects for me because I had I if somebody wanted me to go to you know there weren't there weren't a whole lot of invitations to go to things. But if there were, you could always just say, eh, I'm not feeling too good. Not feeling too good. A little worried. I, you know, I got some stuff coming up. Don't want to. Then they don't want you to come. And then you, you oh, just I, got out of it. I want, I'd rather have that any day of the week. But now I have to go back to my bag of lame excuses why I can't attend people's stuff now. Because before you just said, back eh, COVID. Uh, my cousin's got a birthday. Oh, that's what I mean. You got to come up with lame <laughs> excuses now to get out of stuff. And we started getting, oh, we started getting the invitations for stuff now a year out over the weekend. Uh, my car's been flooded. We've got stuff that, I mean, really, we got a bunch of stuff sent to us in the last few weeks that's like over a year out, people are planning stuff now. Oh. Oh, God. I just. Got a little excited during no, this. No, I, I, well, I mean, I like the standpoint, I, you know, kind of kept the circle tight. Didn't have to go a lot of places. Didn't have to see a lot of people. If I were if I were commissioned to work, I'd show up and work. Get in, get out, baby. But I mean, as far as like social stuff, oh, you could keep that circle tight, not have to go anywhere. I, you know, people, you could pick and choose the hours to go to stores and stuff that you know, weren't a lot of people. Oh, it was great. Oh, uh, you got a wedding? Uh, I don't know if I can make it. I mean that. But then, what's your reason? That's the that's yeah, the issue. Now. You don't got any excuses. I got to go back to my lame bag of excuses. Which it all comes, I just don't want to go anywhere. I'm just not interested in going to anybody's anything. If it involves a crowd, I'm just not interested in going. 
And that was pre-pandemic. I mean, you know how iffy I am around. Yeah. Very nervous around. And the reason why, did you see what happened at the UFC fight on in Houston over the weekend? These two. I did. These two <laughs> nimrods start fighting in the stands. And I just have always had this irrational fear that I'm going to catch an elbow from somebody rearing back to punch someone in a crowded situation. And that can happen anywhere. Well, that's what I'm anywhere. worried about. It could happen if you're at a soiree. It could happen in my younger days if I were in a, a bar or club. I, even then, I had this irrational fear that somebody was going to rear back and I'd catch an elbow and I'd get busted open and it would ruin this gorgeous face. <laughs> As someone who's been to a UFC event, uh, in, event that doesn't surprise me that no, they fights. I just don't. And like... I mean, if if it comes down to me going as a spectator, I better be in my own box because I want to be near no one in that situation. But good grief, that uh, that's what see is that an irrational fear? People are a little amped up. I mean, there was a guy at the Padres game that threw that straight right, knocked them clean. I saw that too. Knocked cleaned his clock out. I mean, this is say. just insane. This is why I don't want to go anywhere. People are amped up. People are amped up. People are indeed amped up. Oh, you got the Johnson & Johnson? That's what I mean. I just soon stay away. <laughs> fighting over vaccines. Oh, I don't care what they're fighting about. The point is they're fighting. Uh, speaking of knocked out, so you text me over the weekend that I guess the guy who was from Greenville. Now, we had we had on our show, who did we have on our show, the UFC fighter? Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson. Yep. A true champion. Contender. Not quite. He's never been a champion, but he's a contender. Well, he's, he's a championship contender, isn't he? Yeah. He's on a winning streak now, right? Yeah. And he's gone on this winning streak since he appeared on this Our show. show. yeah. And look, I'm always big into the hometown kid done good. I, You know, I always want to throw my support behind anybody who's the hometown guy. Uh, our guy, Cornell Powell, appears to be killing it out there in rookie camp so far. Big things happening for him. With the Chiefs, I'm all for all that. I'm all I'm I'm all for all that. But we had a guy. I guess this and I like the story. Remember, I, we tried to get him on the show. He wouldn't come on with us. I, I like the story. Was the Legion's lot elsewhere? Well, nothing. I will say nothing about that because <laughs> it just just the winning fighter was on one side and this guy elsewhere. But for you fighters out there, right? You know what side to choose. You want to come on this show, but. My point is that this, what's his name? I don't even know his name. Jamie Pickett, the night wolf, as he calls himself. Because he worked, I mean, this is a great story because he would work like night jobs and go drive. I mean, I was, was all, a truck driver. Yeah, I was all in with this guy because he was a, he was a blue collar working class guy. And he sacrificed a lot to, uh, to, to train and try to live out his dream in, in UFC or, or some form of MMA. Yeah. And he got hammered. You got knocked up. Yes, he did, Smokey. He did. And it wasn't good, was it, Ben? Now, it again, wasn't good at all. This is your area. You get emotionally invested and passionate about contact uh, sports. Uh, about, uh, well, not contact. What is it? Fighting. Uh, basically, any kind combat of combat sports. Combat sports. You get very passionate. Contact sports. Yes, yeah. you get con- <laughs> which means you love them all. But you get emotionally fired up about combat sports, right? That's your thing. Yeah, from time to time. Right. So this guy, had a, he was on the undercard, I presume, of whatever the UFC event was this weekend, right? Yep, yep. This was in Houston, eh? 
It was full capacity. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was. I, that was the other thing I noticed in the fight video, full capacity there at the fight, which is great. So they're, they're there uh, contesting with one another. He's in his fight, and he, he tries to go for like a submission or something? He goes for a takedown. Takedown, okay. You're familiar with what a takedown is, right? I am, yes. Okay, I am yeah. So he's in the clinch, which basically if you're not... If, Don't get too nerdy here, No, ben. no, if you're Don't not get too nerdy. Basically a clinch for the casuals, it looks like they're hugging each other, standing up. Right. That's basically what it looks like. Uh, basically he got out-muscled, uh, got elbowed a few times, which is pretty routine for an MMA fighter to kind of take that and counter and find a way to get out of it. But uh, he didn't handle it very well. Some pretty routine things that you know how to defend mm -hmm. and get out of. Mm -hmm. He just didn't do very well with in the clinch and uh, got caught and got knocked out here, TKO'd in about a minute and a half. He couldn't, uh, he put himself in a bad spot, essentially. Yeah. And it's not like he was fighting a scrub. I mean, the guy he was fighting is 12 and 1. And for MMA, that's really good. That's almost like an, un it's the equivalent of an undefeated record in boxing. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he wasn't fighting a scrub, but I, to be completely honest with you, I know he's the hometown guy. I don't think he's going to be sticking around for much longer. He kind of showed his uh, inability. Yeah, yeah. And inexperience with the position he put himself in, correct? Correct. You got it. All right. That's all. That, hey, you got it. You figured it out. I I, I did. Apparently, he did not. <laughs> so, I, I hate it for him. I really do. Yeah, I, I don't anticipate him being around much longer. 11 and 6, not good. Oh, it's eleven and six. He's okay. eleven and six. That's yeah, his record. Yeah, that's a tough. I think he's like one and four, one and five in the UFC. Is that right? Yep. So his overall record, he's coming in. He was like ten and two, ten and three, but now he's yeah, he's he's dropped a few cents. He's yeah. There's not really a case. Well, for him. hey, look, he got a shot and he took advantage of it, and uh, he got on a UFC card. Hopefully, got a decent little payday or two out of this. That would be something he'd be telling his grandkids one day. And who knows, maybe this guy that's 12-1 and one might be a champ one day or a contender. And he could he could say, I played him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, um, tough stuff there for that guy. Pirate, he got his licks in. Maybe one or two. Certainly got a few <laughs> delivered to him, too. Uh, the uh, Pirates take three or four from Cincinnati. That's a, a big win for them and uh, in first place heading into the weekend. Basically, whatever they do... Uh, Tulane just has to lose fewer games this weekend unless it's a sweep, and then obviously... They're in a shootout with Tulane right now. It's tight. Tulane won a big game Sunday. They were in a tight matchup against UCF uh, in New Orleans and just exploded for something like five or six runs in an inning and kind of put it away. That's a scrappy ball I mean, look, Tulane's a scrappy ball club. They're not a great ball club, but they're scrappy, and you don't want them in your regional if they make the tournament. Since the other thing that was announced, it was announced Friday, of course, Greenville's one of the potential 20 regional sites. It was interesting to see uh, Charlotte, primarily Gastonia, in there, so I assume they'd be playing at the minor league park. Or you think they'll make the cut? You know, I just didn't. I, I, the thing I thought about doing today was going through the and just kind of looking where everybody in that group of, you know, say 12 on were as far as RPI, and I did not, I just didn't have time to do it today. I, I just think it comes down to how I think right now, unless ECU just tanks, uh, there's not there's not going to be this going as a two seed yeah. to a, somebody else's regional. I, I just don't see that. I think the Pirates are pretty firmly, especially if they take care of business in the regular season. I'm not saying they can go and lay a total leg in the tournament, but I think they'll wind up with a a, a 
a a higher, but not a top eight seed. I, I think they'd they'd really have to they'd have to totally run the table and win out. And that's just my opinion. They'd have to win out to get a top eight seed, and then they'd have to have some people in front of them not finish real strong. Oh yeah, which could happen in college baseball. No, it absolutely could happen. Could happen. But I, I just I, to me that's what kind of has to happen in order for that to to materialize as a top eight national seed. Although this team's very good. I don't think it's unrealistic though. I mean. People no, might I, think that's a little bit no, far fetched. Well, I just I think a lot has to happen at this point. Oh yeah, and I just you're not going to improve your RPI this this weekend at South Florida. Now, if you win, you take care of business. You add on to wins. Uh, winning the conference certainly helps, I'm sure. But then you can't go and have a bad performance in the conference tournament the following week in uh, Clearwater. Well, the good news is no doubleheaders. Hopefully, no doubleheaders. Well, none, weather not, permitting or anything weather, like weather that. Weather permitting and and staying out of the losers bracket permitting. Yeah, uh, that you will not have these doubleheader situations beyond Thursday. Uh, one o'clock Thursday is the first pitch. Is that right? And it's a twelve forty-five uh, airtime, and then we'll have game two of that uh, doubleheader. Then three on Friday, so a two forty-five airtime. Uh, we'll have shows today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, and that'll be it for us this week. We'll be back, uh, of course, next week uh, with a preview of the tournament and uh, carry you throughout uh, that, however it shakes out. So a lot to talk about next week when we get into uh, all of that uh, as uh, we uh, get near the end of uh, the college baseball season. And the most exciting part will be uh, the regional. So we'll see how the Pirates uh, fare in that. I'm, I'm excited about the fact that uh, Greenville's likely going to be a regional spot, but the Pirates do have to take care of business down the stretch. I think winning the regular season certainly does that uh, for ECU. Uh, but we will see. Tulane is uh, tough, as we mentioned. All right, a uh, timeout. Uh, let's do a uh, – you want to do Bojangles today since we got a shortened week? We'll do a little yeah, I'm always time. ready. Yeah, let's do a little Bojangles giveaway. We also have coming up some concert tickets to give away in the coming weeks. So uh, stand by for that. June's going to be a big month as far as giving away some uh, concert uh, tickets. Luke Bryan is the first one. Everything's opened up. You know, we're in the season of giving. We're in the giving. Yeah, I like this time. Given move. We give away a lot of stuff. I love it. Uh, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. If you are caller three, I like that I like that for 94.3. Caller three, you will be a winner of a Bojangles gift card. And we all love some Bojangles. Chicken tender shortage or not, we all love some Bojangles. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. Cliff Godwin near the bottom of the hour. Uh, a quick segment ahead of that as we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Godwin in just a bit. You're tuned to the Monday Patrick Johnson Show. On the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to the Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it. <laughs> or tell your smart speaker to stream 943thegame to take us anywhere you are at any time. Now on Instagram. <laughs> Your boy Kelvin Benjamin back in the league. Tight end. Uh, not a lot tight about that guy. <laughs> Don't have to worry about his weight no more. Did you get a look at him? Not a whole lot of tight about Kelvin in this day and age. Yeah, he's back in the league. Good for him. I would say he could eat all the Popeyes he wants, but we're talking Bojangles. We are, and he'll have one of each. Bojangles, they serve up those hot, fresh, made-from-scratch buttermilk breakfast biscuits all the time, every day. Uh, It's Bo time. Winner of our uh, Bojangles giveaway today is Irwin in Hookerton. 
uh, one of my favorite uh, Green County towns. My homie's over in Green County. Erwin, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you, Patrick? Good, buddy. Uh, congratulations. Thank you for listening. So this is your shot, uh, Erwin. you got to be quick, got to be pithy here. Any quick question, uh, any statement you want to make, as long as it's not vulgar, I, I think it's fine. Uh, it's your time to shine. And, if, and look, if you want to ask Ben something, Ben's quite the man about ENC nowadays. So uh, it, the floor is yours. All right. All I got to say is I hope we make it to the College World Series for Cliff, being from Green County. That'd be great. Got number 250 on the win uh, chart yesterday. That was cool to see. And uh, we'll talk about uh, that with Cliff Godwin coming up in a little bit. Uh, pitching's there. If they figure it out, and it looks like they're starting to kind of figure out roles. Uh, how about the Gen kid with a great performance? Landon Gen yesterday. That was a hell of a performance he had. And kind of, you know, he and I think Beal ended up winning the game for him, essentially, in, in relief. Uh, so we'll get Cliff Godwin's thoughts on all of that uh, coming up here in uh, just a bit. Uh, right now, uh, Ben Byram with uh, an update on what is going on uh, in the world. Before we go, I, I guess you're going to talk about the Canes here in just a second with a preview. But if you had to give a primer... What would you I mean? What's what should people be looking for tonight? What's the primer? Now, as I often told our guy LeBlanc, who no longer covers hockey, you were telling me, uh, don't don't get too weedy or nerdy here because it's you know hockey and we're in Eastern North Carolina. But for the layman, what do they? What should they be looking for tonight? Canes Preds. Uh, the big thing is the <laughs> okay. <laughs> the big thing is the goalie situation. Who's going to be starting in the net? Okay, I think it's going to be Alex Alex Nedeljkovic, the uh, rookie sensation. Okay, um, I think the Canes have him outmatched physicality wise. Okay, I think they're easily the better team. I mean, in a normal year, the Predators would not be a playoff team. All right, I I think they're going to sweep them. Canes in four. Canes in four. Yep. All right. I mean, the hockey circles, the nerdy hockey circles that tend to favor the Canadian teams like Toronto have the Canes possibly win in the Stanley Cup. I mean, that's how good this team is. No, I got it. Uh, Always Anonymous text line says, uh, we play four-game series. I guess he was referring to ECU and the American, where everybody else has been playing three. Tougher when trying to lay out pitching for a weekend. No, and, and we'll talk to Cliff a little bit. But I mean, that, that is a great point, and we said it all along. That was my biggest fear, is that this team would get worn out going into the postseason because of these ridiculous four-game series that the American decided to play and play nine innings in each game. Well, I think in a way it's kind of an advantage because you well, you can develop depth. What it you does, can see what you got in the bullpen. It, well, what it does, they're going to be used to playing four because the regional is basically a four-game yeah. you know, deal. You're not going to play double headers. But, I mean, the regional is a, 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 a four-game deal, essentially. And you, you have been able to define roles, but I, I just I kind of worry – about the day-to-day guys, are they a little worn out? Go, I mean, these are tough weekends. These are tough games. I mean, ECU's in a race for first place right now. It's not like they're coasting to the finish on this. They've still got to they got to win games this weekend to finish it first. Yeah, I'm not going to say you know there's a lot of great teams in the conference, but they're I think scrappy. You, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I mean that's the perfect way to describe a lot of the teams in this conference. They're scrappy and they're very competitive. Cliff Godwin uh, coming up in just a bit. We'll go inside the ECU clubhouse, but uh, right now Ben Byram with uh, an update on everything going on, then we'll get to Cliff. Thanks, Patrick, from Pirate Football. Redshirt junior linebacker Devontae Harris has officially entered the transfer portal. During his tenure, Harris played in 12 games, notching 14 tackles and two tackles for loss. Over the weekend, the American held their outdoor track and field championships at USF, 
One pirate claiming a conference crown was Ryan Davis, who caps off his stellar career with the 2021 American Discus title. Elsewhere in college sports, NC State extends AD Boo Corrigan for another two years through 2026, and Pitt Community College Baseball's advance to the D2 South Atlantic NJCAA Championship game and will play the winner of Brunswick and Patrick Henry tonight at 7 in Burlington. From high school football, Farmer Central will introduce Ron Cook as their new head football coach and head of strength and conditioning. Cook will be formally introduced tomorrow at their gym in a press conference set to be held at 3.30. From the NFL, a few notable names now find themselves back in the league after many camps over the weekend. The Giants son former Panthers wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin with the intent to convert the former first-round pick to tight end. The Packers son former ECU quarterback and Virginia standout Kurt Benkert. The Niners son receiver Marquise Lee. And from the Washington football team, their franchise sacks leader and four-time Pro Bowler Ron Kerrigan signs with a division rival Philadelphia Eagles. From the NBA, Texas Tech standout Mac McClung is signed with an NBA agent as he prepares for the upcoming NBA draft. And the Basketball Hall of Fame was anna- has announced their 2021 inductees. The list includes Chris Webber, Paul Pierce, Ben Wallace, and Chris Bosch for the NBA careers as players. Tony Kukoc is an international selection, Rick Adelman and Bill Russell for their tenures as NBA head coaches, and Villanova, Villanova head coach Jay Wright for his tenures as a college coach. And tonight, the Carolina Hurricanes will begin their playoff run at 8 as they host the Nashville Predators in Game 1. When asked if rookie sensation Alex Ndelkovic will start in the net tonight, Canes head coach Rod Brendamore replied that he might. So take that for what you will. That's going to do it. If you're at 94th the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Byron. Outkick with Clay Travis, the Dan Patrick Show, and Adam Gold, all right here. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Play ball! It's time to head inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate baseball coach Cliff Godwin on your home for East Carolina baseball. 94.3 The Game. Going back, looking up, see you later! Patrick Johnson's visit with Coach Godwin is covered by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. Also by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Here's Patrick Johnson with Coach Cliff Godwin. ECU baseball capturing the series out at Cincinnati. Some really hard-fought games, lots of ground to cover. Cliff Godwin, uh, coach of the Pirates, uh, joining us uh, here as uh, ECU gets ready uh, to head into a week where they will wrap up the regular season and be on the road for quite a bit, uh, quite possibly. Coach, uh, congratulations uh, on the victory at Cincinnati uh, in the series, uh, winning three of the four games. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely hard-fought series and uh, our guys really competed and grinded out at bats and pitches and, um, you know, just a really hard fault series win. Um, you know, four games in three days, as, as we talked about, is not easy, and our guys did a really good job. Coach, I really thought, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes, and again, we've had lots of great conversations, covered a lot of ground in these visits with you this season, but sometimes I think uh, our, our fans, as fabulous as they are, they just expect the worst. So when they say, we're going to the bullpen. Oh, no, we're going to the bullpen. 
that's that's actually can be a good thing. It has proven, at least the last few series, several series, to be a positive for ECU. I mean, right now, guys seem to be embracing the roles and coming in. And, and yesterday, you had a string, uh, 14, 15 guys in a row sat down uh, consecutively. I mean, that's that's pretty, it's pretty impressive stuff from guys out of the pen. Yeah, I don't know what fans say, Patrick, and, and no offense <laughs> to them. Right. Um, you know, we're the, the most educated on the decision-making, our coaching staff, with our players, and, and we understand what our team is. And, of course, we don't make every decision. It's not a right decision, but we make the most educated decisions, and um, we're in first place in the conference right now. So um, our RPI is 10th. So we, we've done a good job to this point. Now that all can go south in one, two games as you watch every weekend across the country. I mean, Carolina swept Louisville and Duke swept Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look around, all these upsets, so you don't show up. But, yeah, our guys have done a good job. I mean, yesterday the, the bullpen was awesome, and we knew that Cam wasn't going to go long, and um, we just wanted to get off to a good start. And, and Josh Groves was good. And, what Landon Ginn or Danny Bill and Landon Ginn, they, they're, they're the ones that there was 14 up, 14 down. Yeah. Uh, Danny went an inning in two thirds and Landon went three. That was really one of the biggest reasons we won and then make you closing it out after <laughs> pitching in uh, three of the four games. I mean, that was pretty special. It really was. Uh, Coach Landon Ginn, tell uh, the listeners a little bit about it. I don't know we've really gone into a great deal of detail on him this season, but. Uh, Obviously, what he did for three innings yesterday uh, was, was shut down your opponent. So Landon's a freshman. You know, he, he's originally from um, the Goldsboro area. Um, I actually knew his dad uh, back in high school. His dad's like three years older than me. We used to play <laughs> pickup basketball together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a small world. But uh, Landon had some growing up to do. as a lot of freshmen when he first got to campus and um, – had some just some arm stuff it just was hard for him to stay healthy and then he's been healthy this entire spring and just continued to get better i mean his last outing last weekend was not landing he didn't look good his stuff wasn't good um on friday when he pitched his stuff was actually good he just walked a couple guys and and then yesterday he looked like an older guy and uh, you know i've said to you guys a lot that the more we keep getting these freshmen out, grows, Bill, and Ginn, the better they're going to be down, and we're going to need them in the postseason. And I think you're starting to see with all three of those guys, they're just kind of starting to feel like, hey, man, we can do this, and we're pretty good, and just continue to um, boost their confidence every time we run them out there. Pirate baseball coach Cliff Godwin uh, with us here, ECU with uh, the win over uh, Cincinnati Sunday, and, of course, uh, they uh, wind up with uh, a series win uh, in Cincinnati as they took on the Bearcats for a second time this year. One advantage of these four-game sets when it comes to pitching is these guys are getting experience of what a regional weekend, uh, you know, as far as games. And I would say especially the, the last couple of series intensity would be like. Patrick, I, I can tell you this. Uh, we'll be prepared for a reason. Whenever we get back to playing one game a day, <laughs> Our guys will feel like they're at they're at recess. Um, the coaches will feel like we're at recess because just the four games. I mean, it just and it's just the consistency every weekend. It, it just wears on you. It wears on you physically. It wears on you mentally. And I don't think people understand that. And um, especially you, you have a tough loss on game two on Friday night and see our guys bounce back and 
we're facing a Friday night starter who is pitching in game three because he's had some arm soreness. I mean, the guy's going to be drafted and to see our guys just ground out at bats and get them out in the fifth inning and Carson giving us a good start. It's a lot to maneuver through. Um, and, you know, <laughs> you were talking about the decisions and us, you know, pulling guys to the bullpen. It, it, I wish people knew 50% of what goes on with all the decisions that we make because it's a lot. It's a lot. And when I get home after a doubleheader, man, my brain is fried. It's like, I mean, mush because of all the decisions that we've had to make as coaches throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, that game certainly, game two on on Friday could have gone either way, uh, going extra innings, uh, quite obviously, and you guys take a lead uh, late. But that was the first time, if I'm not mistaken, where you all have played a game this year with the new doubleheader rule of starting the inning with the runner on, on second base. So you talk about decisions. That obviously changes things strategically, both while the Pirates are batting and then how you defend, uh, in this case, Cincinnati. Yeah, that was the first time we've had the extra in rule, and it was this is just for conference this year because we're playing four nines. So um, put the runner at second base. And so um, we have never practiced it. When I say practice it, we, we obviously use the bunk game a lot. So we have practiced that, but we had never said, hey, like this is the 10th inning. Um, we executed well um, in the 10th inning, and it worked out well for us, and we scored a run. And, you know, uh, really, the game was lost way before the tenth inning. We, we, I think, had fourteen. We gave them fourteen free bases. So mm-hmm. we always tell our guys, the game knows, man. You can't give a team that many free opportunities and expect to win the game. We were really lucky to just. We should have lost fifteen to five when you put that many guys on base. But we had just Houdini'd our way out of innings and double plays and everything else. Well, at some point in time, the game's going to pay you back, and the game paid us back in the tenth inning. I know you're going to be asked, uh, I'm, I'm sure, this week about Carson and how he felt uh, after uh, his start physically. Looked really good, uh, obviously, at his first start back uh, in over a, a month last weekend in that important game four against Tulane. Um, there's still some things, I guess, assessment to be done, but uh, initially, how was he feeling after uh, his second start? Great. You know, he um, we, his pitch count was 75, and he threw 75 pitches, I think, on the dot on uh saturday and um he, he felt good so i mean just normal soreness and stuff so we'll get him ready um for next weekend and hopefully continue to increase his pitch count just a little bit uh coach Manor out of the pen you discussed that a little bit last week uh after we talked with you uh in one of your uh, media uh, sessions uh could you take us for maybe those that missed that uh in pirate nation coach just kind of decision to to take jake and and move him to that role well, look, it's just in the best interest of our team right now. And Cooch, uh, we wanted to take some pressure off him. And just mentally, he's done such a great job for us over his career. And, and a lot of people, you know, just forget. You just start looking at the present moment. And, of course, he hasn't pitched up to his potential. His stuff was a lot better this weekend. Coach Deeks and Coach Knight worked with him on some mechanical things. And the bullpen and stuff was a lot better. Uh, pitched really two clean innings. Um, in the game one at Cincinnati. And mm-hmm. uh, the third inning, he walked a guy and hit a guy. We took him out of there. But uh, yesterday, he just didn't execute a pitch, and the guy hit it out. Um, trying to go fastball in and throw it right down the middle. And the guy's an older hitter, and he hit it out. So, uh, But he's better. His stuff's better. So 
Um, you know, he could start again. I mean, especially with the conference tournament coming up, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, we're Cooch has been great for us. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel like you, you talked about his stuff was a little better than yesterday. It was just, you know, a pitch a guy was able to, to drive out. But ultimately, how do you kind of see or, or what are you looking for him out of, as a reaction out of him with this move? In other words, what is the uh, – how does this benefit the team, as you say, and then how can this maybe get Cooch, uh, at least, you know, from a consistency standpoint, back on track, you hope? Uh, well, Cooch, number one, um, he, he never questions any decisions that we make as a coaching staff. He's a great team player, played some first base on um, game two on Friday. Uh, he's a great athlete, so mm-hmm. he wants the team to win. He'll do whatever. If we tell him to start, tell him to pitch, middle relief, tell him to close, he'll do whatever. So, um, But I, I thought he needed to, to step back and just be able to relax a little bit mentally. I mean, look, there's a lot that goes into being a starter and just the pregame routine and just mentally I wanted to take some pressure off of him and you know, I think this is going to help him out down the, down the stretch run here. Yeah, Was it he that you said last week if he – you know, wasn't a pitcher. He'd probably be a guy that would would be on the travel roster as a position guy. He's just that great of an athlete. Well, I think if he concentrated just on yeah, yeah, you know, just on uh, being a position player, I, I don't look. I don't want him because he he loves to play a position. I, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to do a guy. I want him to be a pitcher. Um, but yeah, he could definitely play at some places that first base, outfield. I mean, he's uh, a defender at first base he played first base in high school he's just an athlete and uh you know I, I think he would figure out the hitting part just because he's such a good athlete yeah it's inside the ecu clubhouse with pirate baseball coach cliff godwin i'm patrick johnson it's brought to you by the gavigan agency insurance and financial services and carolina digestive diseases and endoscopy center things are a little different uh this week Coming off, coming off of exams, and then you guys have uh, a final regular season trip uh, to the Tampa area, and then Clearwater will be where the conference tournament is. Uh, what will be sort of in the plans this week? You know, I'm sure a lot of the normal things that you do during a week, but now guys are, are out of class. I don't think the summer classes have quite fired up just yet uh, for those that are taking those. Uh, but uh, what does this week look like before you go out on, on – you know, possibly the longest road trip of the year. Patrick, we're going to lift weights today. That's it. Take team pictures. And tomorrow we're going to lift weights and uh, play catch a little bit and take some swings in the cages a little. And then Wednesday we're going to get on a plane and go to South Florida and practice. So our guys need to get off their feet. I mean, they, you can't, they're exhausted. We were on fumes yesterday. Right. Yeah. Uh, Coach, as far as, you know, going out of the uh, series and then, transitioning over to Clearwater, will you guys logistically, are you trying to stay in the same place or will you go to a different hotel? How does that work or is that still kind of being worked out at this point? No, I mean, you got to do that long advance. So we'll stay in Tampa when we play South Florida and then um, Sunday, because we play doubleheader Thursday, one game Friday, one game Saturday. Sunday, we'll get up, we'll lift weights, and then we'll drive to our hotel in Clearwater. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and pictures today, uh, Coach, you know, a little something out of the norm or tomorrow, uh, a little something out of the norm uh, for these guys uh, uh, and maybe something for them to have a little fun with, I guess, right? 
I don't know. They got to help understand where they need to stand. So it's fun. And it's cool. So, uh, but no, it's, it's always uh, a good picture and a great memory, you know, that they all get to have. And of course, we as coaches get to have. So it, yeah. it's pretty cool. I got you. Uh, congratulations to you. Uh, 250 career wins. And uh, a lot has gone into getting that. And you uh, had, a, had a great tweet uh, where you thank some of the people that have kind of been there for uh from, from day one uh coach palumbo of course uh the uh, inimitable malcolm gray the award-winning malcolm gray uh, our guy <laughs> our guy jj mcglam was good to see jj a couple weeks ago uh after one of the games and of course joey perry uh keeps this uh field at, at clark leclerc i mean it's it's one of the best if not the best in the country but then you got zach womack too and uh, we, we tend to forget about those guys who are the athletic trainers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, well, we forget about them until they have to come out for some reason. But, I mean, there's a guy who, I mean, as you say, he's been with you. And uh, if you're an athletic, you know, it, it's a thankless job anyway. With baseball, you know, the, the guy who's the athletic trainer at all levels of baseball is the most one of the more interesting guys. Uh, so, so give us a little about uh, Zach Womack. Well, first off, a lot of people don't know this, but he was actually ECU baseball student assistant athletic trainer when I played here. So Womack and I go way back. And then, of course, I get the job here, and he's the athletic trainer. And, and from day one, he has just been a guy that cares so much about our players and helped them stay on the field, uh, you know, date back to Hunter Allen. Hunter Allen Sr., 2015, tears a ligament in his thumb. and. Mm. The doctor says you can either play through pain or you can have season-ending surgery. And so, well, Mike figured out a way to tape his bat and um, just to take the pressure off that spot on his thumb. And he, he's such a baseball guy, but an uh, East Carolina guy, probably even more than a baseball guy, just cares about East Carolina. But I can tell you this, that guy's worked harder than any athletic trainer. I shouldn't say any, but, I mean, he's worked as hard as any athletic trainer in the country this year with the COVID protocol. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then, I mean, to start with, you're just doing COVID protocols. You can't hardly do treatment. And now, because a lot of our guys are vaccinated and stuff, and he's able to keep our guys held. But the stuff he keeps Connor Norby on the field, Thomas Francisco, Gavin, and others to be able to stay on the field and, and perform at a high level. So, um, a lot of our credit goes to Zach Womack for just keeping our guys on the field. And what, coach, when a guy comes back from a um, situation like like Hoover had, where you have some in season surgery, he's he's responsible for kind of carrying out or helping carry out the rehab, typically, right? Well, Hoover, just because of the nature of his injury, there weren't a lot of rehab. It's just okay. like, hey, hey, you can't you can't do anything. <laughs> right. <in 12 laughs> right. Right. Okay. But, but, but you know what I'm saying? If a guy has a, a surgery, uh, it, it requires some additional work or rehab. I mean, that's, that's kind of in the purview of Zach Womack, isn't it? Yes. And no, I mean, I think a lot of stuff that he does probably more than, because it's not like we have a lot of surgeries. It's more of, Hey, my quads tight, my arms sore, um, guys after they start, yeah, he does, right. uh, you know, a flush in their arm and stem and, uh, making sure guys are using the Normatex for their legs to keep their legs fresh. I mean, he's just on our guys to, to keep them fresh and to keep them on the field. I'd say more, of course, he's doing the rehab with the surgeries and right, stuff, right, but right. Uh, the day-to-day the -day is more of keeping the guys that are, you know, healthy but are nicked up a little bit. Um, 
to feel good when we play baseball. See, uh, your example is a lot better than the one I was trying to to, futil- to give <laughs> with great futility there, Coach. And thanks again for the save. Look, I, I'll have a bad start, and Coach Godwin always comes in and mops it up uh, at the end, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> but, but hey, congratulations on 250 win. I mean, that's no small feat, uh, and uh, what an accomplishment. Uh, I, 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 the uh, – and then it was the uh, Dilday family. Uh, They're out in left field, uh, part of that uh, left field crew in the, in the jungle there. The Dilday. Yeah. And that's that, I was playing here, too. So, no, they're great fans and great people and huge supporters. Um, but like I you know, said in my tweet, Patrick, look, that's, that's a lot of hard work by a lot of players, a lot of coaches. Uh, I'm, I'm a very small part, and, of course, I get too much credit when we win and I get too much uh, criticism when we lose, but that's what head coaches do. That's what you sign up for. It's just like quarterbacks in NFL. If you're winning, they get too much credit. If you're losing, they get too much criticism. So, but I'm just proud to be a pirate um, and glad that I've been able to, you know, be the leader of this program going into seven years. Um, and uh, just want us to keep getting better. And uh, but a lot of people put in a lot of hard work for it. A couple of, we mentioned Hoover. Uh, I forget which game. It was earlier in the weekend, but he had a heck of a play. I mean, it was it was a tremendous uh, yes, play. Dude, it, it was, was amazing. Two, like yeah. Field. yeah, he he does it. I mean, his play and Amax play in game uh, three was probably the difference in us going two and two or one and three. <laughs> Those two plays. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Amax play, but Faltered over He had a little bit of a bad read, but then he caught the ball and jumped, and you mm-hmm. know would have scored two runs. We'd have been down a run. So um, both those guys played great defense this weekend. Yeah, uh, the, the Norby play was amazing. It really was a hell of a play. Uh, Coach Godwin with us here, and it sounds like Amac was. I, I didn't catch that one. I don't recall catching that one. But uh, uh, again, the defense has been very important this year for uh, for your club. Let, let me. Uh, ask you this and then people are probably screaming and yelling coach because i didn't offer this right off the bat uh but uh the regional sites were announced finally on our potential regional sites were finally announced on uh friday uh greenville of course is included uh in that so congratulations on that too that's uh, a little different the way that the ncaa's going about doing that this year but it's nice to know that there's the possibility of having the regionals in greenville despite a lot of work left to be done in the next couple weeks Yep, you're, you said the the key word there, Patrick. Possibility. You know, we're glad to be in the twenty, but it's a possibility right now. Nothing set in stone. And as I told our guys at the beginning of the week, if if we go four and four because we had eight regular season games left, I said you don't have to worry about winning the conference, and you won't have to worry about hosting a regional. We'll be going on the road. So, um, you know, we got a lot of work to do, and we still got a lot of work to do. So, um, we're gonna get our feet back underneath us these next two days, and then. Wednesday, start getting ready for South Florida. Hey, uh, safe travels to you. Best of luck at South Florida, then also in uh, Clearwater. Thanks for the time, as always. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. This has been Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, presented by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. And by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and Newburgh. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. 
It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. A big thanks to Cliff Godwin for taking a few minutes with us uh, here this afternoon. Always thanks to uh, Ben Byron across the way. Uh, One thing, you know, Coach talked about uh, Duke, and they had a big weekend, uh, UNC, but NC State, uh, you know, they started the season 4-9. They were 1-8 in ACC play. Since then, the Pack, 21-5 overall, 15-5 in Atlantic Coast Conference play. They're going to be in the ACC Conference Tournament, Charlotte, in a couple of weeks. And look, I'm no Wolfpack fan uh, or advocate, but uh, I mean that's a pretty impressive run that Elliot Avon's bunch has slapped together here. And uh, keep an eye on them. Again, you know, that's a team that could wind up in Greenville potentially uh, if there's a regional. And if that's the case, uh, they're going to be coming in playing pretty good baseball over the last uh, several weeks. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll recap game one of the uh, Canes opening round series. Alec Campbell from the Hurricanes Radio Network and the Adam Gold Show will be with us to provide analysis. Uh, have a great rest of your Monday evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Patrick Johnson, show at 5.